This is Mark Tallman with the Kansas Association of School Boards. We've prepared this report to discuss some of the major issues facing K-12 education in Kansas, especially as we move into this year's general election. KSB believes there are five key issues in K-12 education this year. First, reopening our schools and returning students to a healthy, safe environment with effective learning and options for students and staff. Second, understanding educational goals and outcomes and why Kansans must continue to improve student success. Third, understanding the barriers to student success, the deep differences in student needs that make it more difficult for many students to succeed. Fourth, how schools are using new resources and adopting plans to redesign the way they operate to improve success for all students. And finally, how all of us are in this together, the shared responsibility for the success of Kansas students. Let's start with the issue of returning to school. As most people know, Kansas schools were closed from March through May due to the coronavirus pandemic, and most students switched to continuous learning plans, meaning districts provide opportunities to learn either online, over the internet, or through learning packets provided to students. Here are some of the things we learned. First, some students can learn as well or better online as they can in the classroom. Second, we found that most students need and want support from teachers, other staff, and classmates. Third, as a result, many students struggled with their learning environment, became disengaged, and lost contact with the school and the learning process. Fourth, even for students who want to learn remotely, an estimated 70,000 Kansas students lack regular internet access in their home or the technology for online learning. Everyone is expecting schools to reopen this fall, but when, how, and what requirements, such as social distancing, masking, cleaning requirements, and other policies, will all be determined by local school districts, but subject to any state and local restrictions. School districts will be guided by recommendations and options developed by educators and health experts, this will allow districts to respond to different local health needs and community desires. And the plans suggest options that will allow classes and activities that are on site in schools or remote learning if students cannot or choose not to attend or a hybrid of both models. Turning now to goals and outcomes for education, let's start with good news. Kansas educational attainment is at an all time high. For example, high school completion has been traced by the U.S. Census Bureau since 1940. And for Kansas, the percent of population over 24 who has completed high school increased from less than 30% in 1940 to over 90% today. Bachelor's degrees or four-year college degrees have increased six times over from less than 5% in 1940 to almost 35% in 2017. The percent of Kansans with any post-secondary education, which would include technical certificates, associate's degrees, or college hours without completing a degree, has only been tracked since 1990. But in less than 20 years, the percent of the population has gone from less than 50% to almost two-thirds. Finally, for Kansans ages 18 to 24, those most 
recently leaving our school system have increased by about 50,000 just since 2005 when data became available. And yet during that time, the number of Kansans who have not completed high school in that age group or have only graduated from high school and nothing more has actually dropped, while the percent with any college up to a two-year degree and those who've completed a bachelor's degree and higher have both increased. And that's important because each educational benchmark increases on average individual incomes and reduces the chances of unemployment and poverty. Just as raising educational attainment levels makes individuals more prosperous, the same is true for states. States with higher educational attainment have higher average income for their residents and less poverty than those with lower educational results. In fact, based on average earnings by income level, the higher educational outcomes that Kansas has experienced increased the earnings of Kansas by over $7 billion in 2018 compared to what they would have been at 1990 education levels. And that amount of increase is more than double the inflation-adjusted increase in school funding over that time. Despite this progress, there are still many important reasons why Kansas needs more students to be more successful in educational attainment. First is our Kansas Constitution, which says the public school system exists to provide for educational improvement, not talking about a point of arrival. Second, research says that over 70% of future jobs in Kansas will require more than a high school diploma, some type of post-secondary education. Third, Kansas businesses have reported the greatest shortage in the area of skilled employees. And these trends are all likely to continue as we move through the impact of the COVID pandemic. What do we mean by student success and how is it defined? The Kansas State Board of Education, the state legislature and the Kansas Supreme Court have each developed lists of goals or outcomes that while not identical, all overlap in several important ways. First of all, we want our students to be and grow up to be happy, healthy, and safe, successful as individuals. Second, we want our students to become successful members of a community, to understand political and economic systems, to be civically engaged and give back to their community. Third, we want to prepare students to be successful economically, to have the skills and preparation for training to make them successful in employment and to be able to earn at least a middle-class lifestyle. Unfortunately, there are major barriers to the success of many students, and these result from deep differences in student needs. For example, one is poverty. Free and reduced price lunch eligible students are 15 to 20 percent or more behind non-free lunch students on state assessments and graduation rates. And over the past 25 years, the percent of students who are low income have increased from less than 25 percent of public school enrollment to nearly 50 percent. While it's dropped a little, it's expected to rise again as a result of the economic dislocations of the COVID pandemic. Another barrier is disability. Nearly one in six Kansas students receive special education services for mental, physical, emotional, or other disabilities that impact their opportunity to learn and succeed. Since 2001, special education enrollment has grown four times faster than regular enrollment, and even faster among young children aged three and four who are identified as needing special services. 
students also are impacted by social factors, such as the consequences of past discrimination. African-American and Hispanic families in Kansas have more than double the poverty rates of white Kansans. And over the past 25 years, non-white student enrollment has increased from less than 15% of the total to more than 30%. Yet another factor is the influence of depression, trauma, and other mental health issues. Educators and health professionals say the number of students with mental health issues has soared in recent years. The youth suicide rates have quadrupled since 2005. From 2010 to 2019 alone, out-of-home foster care placements to remove children from unsafe environments have increased 43%. These are not only challenges for students, they're challenges for the school system. They're difficult to overcome because they're largely from outside the school's control. It's not simply a matter of different staff or different teaching techniques, because these differences come from different levels of school readiness by students even when they enter school, and different support that families can provide to their students during their school years. This isn't unique to Kansas. Similar differences occur in all states, and it's not limited to public schools. Similar differences occur in the results of private schools. Here's what we do know. Students with greater challenges need additional help, and that requires additional resources. Here are some examples of the way schools over the years have worked to provide more support for these students. One is providing more individualized attention, and that means more teachers, aides, and caring adults in the school. Expanding special education services, providing at-risk programs for students who are falling behind, counseling, social services, mental and physical health services, more time for learning by creating preschool programs and all-day kindergarten, longer calendars, longer school years and days, before, after, and summer school programs. Special classes and programs like Jobs for America's Graduates and Reading Roadmap, popular programs but have an additional cost because they provide additional services and support. And finally, professional development to help teachers learn what it takes to be more effective based on the latest research and evidence. The cost of these additional programs and services is why money in fact does matter in educational results because it provides additional help for students who need more help to be successful. In fact, over time, most new school funding has gone to expand special programs and services. Over the long term, Kansas has increased funding per pupil more than the rate of inflation most years, and that's been matched by the long-term improvement in educational outcomes we discussed earlier. However, between 2009 and 2018, Kansas funding per pupil fell below the rate of inflation year after year, and short-term education measures, like some test scores, declined over that period. There's also evidence that states with the highest educational attainment levels across multiple measures tend to spend more per pupil than lower achieving states. Finally, multiple cost studies in Kansas commissioned by our own legislature and in other states and nationally by school funding experts show a positive correlation between funding and outcomes. These are the reasons the Kansas Supreme Court found school funding unconstitutional in the Gannon school finance case. 
In response, the legislature approved a plan to restore funding to 2009 inflation-adjusted levels over a six-year phase-in period through 2023. With additional funding so far, districts have restored and added reduced positions. They've increased teacher and staff salaries to catch up for ground loss to inflation to other states and other professions, and they expanded student services in the same way we discussed earlier, programs that show results for students who are struggling. With increased funding since 2018, Kansas schools are also working to change how they operate to better support student success. They're guided by the State Board of Education's Kansans Can Vision, a new voluntary school redesign program, and a new school and district accreditation program. The school redesign program has four key principles. First is student success skills, a blending focus on both academic and social emotional growth. Second, strong partnerships, strong relationships with parents, business, and the community based on mutually beneficial collaboration. Third, more personalized learning, where teachers support students to have choices over their time, place, pace, and path of learning. Individualized education plans with more of a career focus to help students prepare for their lives as adults. Finally, real-world applications, using project-based learning, internships, and civic engagement to make learning more relevant to students. Note how all four of these principles tie back to those three definitions of successful students we talked about earlier. Let's wrap up this presentation by talking about who's responsible for student success. The Kansas Constitution, Article 6, sets out who has the governmental responsibility for education, an elected state board of education that has general supervision of public schools, local public school boards who are to maintain, develop, and operate public schools, and the legislature has responsibility to make suitable provision for finance of education. The Kansas Supreme Court has ruled that education is a state responsibility and that to be constitutional, and suitable, funding must be both equitable and adequate. Equitable means that it avoids disparities in funding or taxes that would result due to significant differences in local taxable wealth. Adequate means that it allows all students the opportunity to meet the state educational outcomes set by the state board and legislature. Of course, it will not just be elected officials who will determine student success. It's up to the students themselves, parents, school organizations, higher education, business, and the whole public, and of course, the voters, who will really make the difference in the end. We hope you have found this presentation useful. Here's contact information if you have any questions or want further information. Thank you.